Hey everybody, welcome to the Anthony and Todd Show. We are a weekly podcast that critiques and memes music. I'm your host, Trevor, aka Kenny Beats My Meat. <laughs> and I'm joined by my ever-attentive co-host, my best friend, my pal, my amigo, my droog, Vincent. AKA Ryan BT My Meat. <laughs> A lot of a lot of beating, a lot of meeting going on. I, I see. <laughs> this is episode 130 of the Anthony and Todd Show, an episode we would like to call Two Chains and True TV present Impractical <laughs> Jokers. <laughs> Today we're going over the latest projects uh, from some albums I'm really excited about and some albums I'm not really excited about. First of all, we're going over Kenny Beats and Denzel Curry with Unlock. Ryan Beatty with Dreaming of David. Uh, True Chains and True with an album. Uh, true, no, 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 no face, no case. Ghost face. Ghost face. And Kesha with High Road. You take the high road, I take the low road. And I'll be in Scotland before you. <laughs> uh, before you start, if you want to follow the Anthony and Todd show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and that's it. You can find us uh, at Anthony Todd. You can find us at youtube.com forward slash the Anthony Todd show. And you can find us on patreon.com forward slash the Anthony Todd show if you want to support us monetarily. And Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify. By searching Anthony and Todd show on your favorite podcast browser. Without any further ado, it's time for us to unlock our phone and go over the latest Denzel Curry and Kenny Beats album, Unlocked. Yay. Uh, Denzel Curry is a Carroll City MC teaming up with the L.A.-based producer, Kenny Beats. And these two have been all over the place. In the last two years, Denzel Curry's uh, pretty prolific for how many albums he released. He released uh, his probably his magnum opus up to date. Uh, Imperial, just <laughs> uh, taboo. Back in 2018, following up with his tribute to his hometown, Carroll City, on Zoo last year, uh, Denzel or Kenny Beats has been all over the place, collaborating with the folk uh, with the likes of JPEG Mafia, uh, Freddie Gibbs, Rico Nasty, uh, O3 Greedo, O3 Greedo. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot more like Key, just all over the place, releasing so many projects and doing his. Uh, what is it? The cave internet series where and he teams up with everybody else that he hasn't made a full length album with. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, the cave internet series, Denzel Curry's, uh, oh, Zach Fox. We forgot about Zach Fox. <laughs> Zach Fox, the most important, uh, Denzel Curry, his episode of the cave apparently spawned, uh, th- uh this three day recording session from what I'm reading. I don't know if that's completely true, but this album was essentially made in three days and followed with Denzel Curry and, uh, Kenny beach just up in the studio making beats. The, uh, album is hip hop, but it takes elements of boom bap and glitch hop. Most evidently glitch hop with a lot of these weird glitchy samples and splicing going on. Uh, the story of the music video, which takes place in a bunch of different animated mediums, which is pretty cool, is Denzel Curry and Kenny Beats going to the computer to try to get their leaked album back. <laughs> but have you seen the website for it? I haven't seen the website. If you go on the website, I mean, the, who's the dude that makes like the really skinny like pixel art? Oh, Dan. Uh, no, not... Uh, uh, he, he, he collaborated with Needle Drop. I can't remember his name. I know. I don't. I don't. I wanted to say Dan name. Deacon, but it's not. It's no. like Mike Manor. Yeah, Mike Manor. Yeah. Mike Manor uh, made the first the, one. Yeah, but he made um, he made pixel art for them like on the website, and the website is like old, like Windows ninety eight style, where there's like different like 
files that you can move around. <laughs> like one of the files says like Steve Buscemi nudes and the other one says like Playboy Cardi leaks. <laughs> like all sorts of different stuff. You can move them around, but it looks like somebody has like ripped the file folder of unlocked like out of the computer. So it's like the it's like the precedence to like the music video. When I saw that, I thought it was really cool. Um so this album is 17 minutes, eight songs, a little short uh collaboration between them i think it's classified as an album but i've also heard some places classified as an ep so i don't know which one it is i'm just going to solidify as an album because that's what spotify says this is a project um but going over this this is a short by sides energetic mix of two terrific and fundamentally sound artists that are both uh great in their field ken or i almost like kendrick <laughs> i meant to say kenny kenny is great at producing and he mixes it up with the production this time giving us more glitchy spaces and not just uh he still brings the intensity that his normal tracks have even more so this time but it, it's way uh, more interesting than just uh, a trap I think he he brings more energetic and uh, weird sample splicing and weird atmosphere with synths this time around that he hasn't done in the past. And it yeah. seems like he's truly um, stepping up his game on this one and really working in a space that Denzel Curry hasn't made yet. And Denzel Curry on this one is just consistently good, like he always been. Like th- this, to go from Zoo to this is easy. Like it's just literally just. Uh, like almost like a, a step off from it. It's literally almost the same project, the same flow. Like yeah. Denzel Curry doesn't miss a beat still. Uh, he has some terrific lines like little brother. Don't make me reach out and touch you. I don't got candy, but I'll turn your head to gushers. <laughs> and then, uh, there's a little bit more contradictory lines like I uh, diet with what he says. What goes up must come down on Tuesday. And I don't like Pixar, Miss Star. I am the master. So he says he doesn't like Pixar. But then later, later <laughs> on the next track, so incredible, he says, looking at your face is so regrettable. Better fix your mug. They got to rush you to the medical, the medical doctor bugging out like Frick Flick versus Hopper. <laughs> So he references Bug Life, but he I, when I heard that line, I just thought it was hilarious. But he hates pics on Bugs Life. <laughs> um, not talked about enough in on Pyro. Uh, he says, I think it's Nabi. Uh, it's Nabius. It's feature's real name. I can't. I don't know. I always forget to pronounce it. The futuristic version of Avid Kid Activist. Everybody lean on me. Got those bags full of goodies like I'm CeeLo Green. Who the fuck trying to mob out? This is, of course, a reference to the time CeeLo Green dressed up like Santa Claus and performed with the Muppets. Oh, I thought you were going to say this is the time CeeLo Green dressed up as a golden statue. I mean, that happened too, but I've got the picture of him performing with the Muppets on my computer. <laughs> Can you send it to me? Yeah. I think it's funny. <laughs> um, some of the production on this has uh, great atmospheric chopping and sampling uh, like layup has this great uh, sounds like a horror score background being chopped up to pieces you have the very doom influence intro which has this retro uh, like movie score sample or television sample yeah. leading into these very heavy kicks 
eerie base, villainous material is being produced. Uh, the use of pitch shifting across this entire thing, whether it's on like Take Back Two with halfway through the track, Denzel Curry's pitch goes down and up and fluctuates, or on uh, the intro, also Denzel Curry's pitch down. And I think the use of pitching on this is very dynamic because it brings these dynamic spaces while still repeating the same hooks, which yeah. I think is really interesting. Uh, there's some terrific frail sw- strings on the end on the second half of Take Back too, um, but other than that, this is a very cut forward album that showcases the best of the abilities of both artists, and there's literally nothing else to say about it. I think it's just a terrific collaboration that was unexpected, but also uh, a match made in heaven. Yeah, for something this length too doesn't run on too long. All the tracks are fire. There's there's literally nothing to complain about. This is just perfect. The only thing you can complain about is Denzel Curry hates Pixar, but he likes Bugs Life, which is obviously the worst He's Pixar. <laughs> but Bugs Life is okay. What's the worst Pixar film? I don't know. I, Cars two. I haven't seen that one. So there, I haven't I seen Pixar film. It. I don't know. I'll tell you what the best is. What Ratatouille? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. I would keep in mind those scores are futile and meaningless right now. I think. This is an eight. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. I, this was super unexpected. I've been bumping it since it came out. I've been putting off my responsibilities to listen to other albums because I've been listening to this one. It's an essential project. And moving forward, time to get into something else that uh, is uh, it's an album. This is Ryan Beatty's I Dream of Beatty. <laughs> He easily could have called it that, just didn't. <laughs> this is Ryan B's Dreaming of David. The star of David. He's Jewish. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ryan Beatty is an L.A.-based pop artist. He's mostly known for being a collaborator of uh, Brockhampton and Tyler, the creator. The two of those uh, artists really launched him into a new heights yeah. on his career. Like Basically, he was a nobody until he... Started teaming up with the with the boys in Brockhampton as well as Tyler, and then all of a sudden he's everywhere. Yeah, and now everybody loves him. Yeah, he was boy in jeans back in. I feel like this was last year. No, it's twenty eighteen. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm absolutely sure. Okay. Yeah. Back in twenty eighteen, uh, with with some some interesting and fun songs like Haircut and Bruise. And Euro. While it was interesting, he still wore his influences of contemporary alternative R&B and hip-hop on his sleeve. You got a lot of Frank Ocean, a lot of uh, elements of Brockhampton moodiness and bareface influence. I mean, they, they took him for a reason. Yeah, so it wasn't super distinctive. But it was it was a, ni- a nice little pop album that really didn't push the boundaries or really didn't go on for too long uh this new album dreaming of david it's 12 songs 42 minutes is produced by ryan Beatty, daniel fox austin anderson who also is known by austin feinstein and benny blanco it's essentially kind of the same it's it's more mature but at the same time it still has the same problems where i think he wears his influences too well on its sleeve we get too many shades of frank ocean we get a lot of like a lot of like not references but a lot of shades of James Blake on here. Yeah, this this is a way emptier space than I think that he's ever like operated in. Which is sometimes nice but sometimes it's like so it's very weird. Like Genesis it's like I like the lyrical material that's being presented but it's just really empty with just the organ 
and it leaves so much room for his voice that you just kind of just get distracted and you think this thing delivered way too little of a track. Uh, his lyricism across this thing is is more distinctive to him. It's a little bit more tr- mature, but also it's just about relationships for the most part. I think only when it gets to brother, when he's talking about uh, someone asking for help and needing him and uh, having to almost uh, leave themselves in a sense and uh, th- like come outside their own head for a second yeah. to uh, essentially get comfort in something else. That's the only really moment that really isn't anything. There's some funny moments like flowers at the door. Ryan Beatty says, why don't you turn me around? What's so wrong with wanting more rolling on the hard floor? <laughs> he wants it up the butt. <laughs> <laughs> just wants to roll around. <laughs> but like, it, it's, it's like there's like some really mature soundscapes mm-hmm. on this that reminded me of what made Ginger... Uh, like his collaborations with them really fit because he felt like a member of the group. Yeah, his vocals, his vocals on like tracks like Sugar, I think, fit in so well. And uh, what's the last one? Uh, the one with the feature, the one dude I can't remember his name. Victor Roberts. Yeah, Victor Roberts. I I think uh he has a, a nice high range with uh, that's like really frail. And when they highlight that, it's really cool. Like I think uh he's very like '90s boy band yeah. aesthetic. That's like what I've come to to realize about this. Like this whole this whole album reminds me of like one of the dudes from NSYNC was just like I'm going solo and yeah. then made this album. Yeah, uh, Patchwork is probably the most notable moment with this like hazy mixing of background melodies with forefront kits bass and he has those like extended frail breakdowns. There's a couple uh like these percussion breakdowns like on Dark Circles and Shimmer. Shimmer is like way way less interesting mm-hmm. cuz it just feels empty in the sense, but Dark Circles it's built up to there's momentum behind it. It works. The pitch vocals, the warm synths, the moody atmospheric guitars, it feels like a perfect storm of just chill and uh reflection um and then the only thing i gotta say is casino the guitars and snaps make this like luscious and nostalgic atmosphere which some of the tracks have on here um it either hits or it doesn't either comes off as nostalgic or it just comes off as empty and that's my biggest thing with this album it's Mm -hmm. like it's not bad and its worst moments aren't terrible by any means but it, it leaves you desiring a lot more um and it feels a little bit long in length for what it is. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. It's it just feels like it kind of drags on. Yeah, uh, especially towards the end. I think there's good material on here and like interesting storytelling, but not always like delivered in the most interesting way. Yeah, keep in mind the scores a few talaminos right now. I'm filling out five six on this. I'll give it yeah about the same. Yeah, and uh, I'm gonna leave it at that, and we're gonna move forward to a true story. <laughs> that was like. <laughs> Based on a true story, it was like their last one. No, that it? was True Shane's debut, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Time to go over the latest True in Two Chains album, No Face, Ghost Face. <laughs> no Face, No Case. Uh, Two Chains is a Georgia Park, Georgia rapper, and his label is The Real University. <laughs> Two Chains runs a university. And it features members of... Uh, the members featured are Sleepy Rolls, Worrell, I'm going to call him that, Schoolie, and Hot Locked N. <laughs> <laughs> These names kind of suck. <laughs> um, Two Chains is... Um, 
I love how like unknown the other people are. <laughs> like they're all on the cover, and the only name that I'm like, <laughs> I know that guy for sure. Two chains. <laughs> Everybody else is like, <laughs> they sound like their rap names, but they also could just be like Lock, locked in. <laughs> Sleepy Rose worked with Outcast. Yeah, <laughs> he likes the way you move. <laughs> <laughs> um, Two Chains uh, is kind of hit and miss in his career. Either he comes off as hilarious uh, and drops terrific tracks like NCAA or uh, just completely his version champion, <laughs> or he just completely falls on his face like uh, most of the uh, tracks on uh, Get Rich or Go to the League. No, what was it? The rap or Go to the rap, League. Rap, get Rap or Go to the League. <laughs> um, which he was trying to go for more conscious rap aesthetic at times and he kind of just fell on his face because he's really not that. Uh, it's only when he really brings it into a more element of his own, like on the track in CAA and says something about more how t- there's two main resources for uh, young black males to get rich and it's rapping and basketball and talks about how maybe even rapping is the better one of the two because you don't get injured and you don't really do anything. <laughs> you gotta go on family feud. Yeah, like Two Chains did. But like there's some nuance to it that's really interesting in this very hype manner. Um, but he, he falls flat a lot of the times, but he's also very hilarious when he tries. Uh, he doesn't try on this. <laughs> this is the long line in a list of a new trend, uh, which is the rapper label collaborative album. We saw the Young Thug, Young Slime Records uh, collaboration with Slime Language, which was... Eh. We saw the Travis Scott Jack Boys collaboration, Jack Boys, which was okay. Had some fun moments. Uh, some of the members can't pull their weight. Some of the members are very bland, but in the end, it was pretty harmless for what it was. Uh, this is the next step in that chain of these well, rappers. Definitely more like Cruel Summer. Yeah. With Kanye's label, good music. Yeah. Uh, there was Revenge of the Dreamers. Revenge with the J- oh, I didn't the even think about that. label with J. Cole, um, which was, I think... Honestly, probably the best of all of those, if I, like, thinking back on it. But I really didn't think it was that great, which yeah. is, just shows the track record that, like, we're working with here. Um, what's the other one? Uh, what's Migos' label? Not that they own it. It's Migos' Yachty. <sighs> I can't remember. For, I like, know what you're talking about. The one with the planes on it. Yeah. Quality control. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's one of those long line. It becomes a line along this. Does it live up to anything? Do these artists have potential? Well, let's find out. And the correct answer is no. <laughs> Anyone like Two Chains comes off as very unamusing on this. The production is pretty much the same basic trap redone. Sometimes there's a cool sample or a uh, synth in the background, but other times there isn't, and it just comes off as flat. Sleepy Rose is the most notable of all of them, but he's also super bland. He's just passable. Uh, Whirl is also nasally and annoying, and I want him to go away. Uh, Schooly is unremarkable and hotlocked, and the coolest thing about him is his name. name. <laughs> Everything about this, it's a long drudge of some of the most basic, predictable trap with some occasional thrown in artists like Offset, or no, is it Offset or is it Quavo? Quavo. Quavo. In here, and not even Chu Change's humor can save a lot of this. It is, it is so long. Bland. The drums are so flat. 
The performances are so boring. There's no reason <laughs> for this to exist. It is just empty. It's just a void of nothingness of just bad artists, bad performances. And like, I wish I can go through tracks and give you some ideas. I think the first two tracks are probably the best two tracks, but they're not even like remarkable in any way. No. I also like Woo because it lives up to its name pretty well. <laughs> That's about it. But other than that, like I think I I can only give like a basic overview of this because that's all it is. It's this, this felt like a real chore to get through, honestly. Just trying trying to trying to listen and just take it all in. It was a, it was a huge task. I felt like all these generic rappers with two chains who I would always I would already consider like pretty generic. Yeah, had it not. Like, had it not be for his funny moments or like weird, cringy moments that I think are hilarious. He plays with the clip like a guitar. I mean, there's he says some way out there stuff that I'm like, maybe Two Chains is worth listening to just for that. But when he gets all of his guys together and he's going off of like what he thinks is good rap, and he signs all these guys on on his true label, it's just nothing. Like. Nothing that I would want to listen to. The real university sounds more like a fake university, and these are all. I'm starting fake. to think this is not a real university. <laughs> these are all fake rappers. Uh, there's nothing else to say. It's just it's a long line in a chain of just this like idea of you need to create your label and you need to have it, have artists, and like the young slime records like Gunna and Little Baby have been the worst of it. I think we could see worse actually no gunna's gunna's terrible like terribly unremarkable these guys are just like nothing (laughs) yeah Uh, that's one of the things i can give gunna is that he's special in how terrible he is i mean good job getting signed i guess but (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing else to it keep in mind of course if you tell me this right now i'm filling up a one yeah (laughs) sorry it's truly uh just a bad line of these a terrible hip hop trends, and uh, I want to kind of forget this ever existed. And then I spent time of my day listening to this album. Time to move forward. The last album of the day, we're gonna take the high road after going through the low pit that was No Face Ghost Face. <laughs> time to go over the latest Kesha album, High Road. Kesha is a LA based pop artist who you mostly know. Probably for TikTok, her single that uh, not like the app, not like, like the app. The you think she has the right? You wake up in the morning feeling like P D. <laughs> that song was good. Um, so basically, she got her career making just very obnoxious pop. Oh, I think I think there was also like the whole thing about being locked down with like not a lot of creativity um, or room for creativity. Like I'm not a hundred percent sure of the whole story. Like the whole like label thing like trying to keep her down um and then she finally broke free of that label and then this is the aftermath the made the more ambitious rainbow in 2017 uh and made more mature music going forward i was interested going into this because rainbows was so highly regarded i just want to kind of see what this also big frida Big Frida and Brian Wilson are on the same album. Brian Wilson is the real Big Frida. <laughs> but I was just like, the track list looks weird. Uh, Kesha herself's featured. The old one with the with money the signs. dollar sign, yeah. Key, key dollar sign H. Key dollar signs ha uh, is featured on here. I was just interested in seeing what this is. 
I respect this album for the ambition it has, for being as crazy as it attempts to be, for being uh, as strange and as almost unapologetically annoying as it is at times. Yeah. And I respect that. It tries to do these weird boundary breaking things and pop, but it's not where nearly as like pushing boundaries as like a Charlie XCS last album. It's it's stuck in this foreground where I'm like, she's making this weird mix of like pop and singer songwriter and like and country. And it's it's fine. Her personality is the strongest thing about this thing, but it's also the thing that becomes the most tiring. And the hardest to listen to, and it's 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 consistent in how weird it is, but it really isn't consistent in how the performance goes. So, and also she doesn't she sounds like she just learned how to cuss. She did. She like she says fuck so much, but out of the most out of place times that it kind of becomes a, like genuine in a sense, and I could like enjoy it, but also it's like cringy. And, like, the features on this thing, like, her and Big Frida collaborate well. I like how they have a more bouncy track for Big Frida to be on, and I think it works really well. And it's, it's a hell of a pop tune on Raising Hell. Um, but for the rest of this, we just get just a non-interesting singer-songwriter lyricism. And there's some inflections that I enjoy, like on Father Daughter Dance, and then on, uh, what, which one was it? It was... Cowboy Blues, where she talks about uh, a, a, a misconnection the she had at a went, got away. Yeah, on a misconnection she had at a bar one night, and uh, it it's genuine. She's trying, but at the end of the day, this thing's fifty two minutes. It is is super tiring. <laughs> like she, her personality brings the energy out of me. And like, while I, I can, I can respect it because she's a hundred percent trying to just be herself on this thing. It is just hard to listen to. <laughs> it just, it is, it takes all the energy out of me and like the pop tunes that are worth it, raising hell and uh, resentment with Sturgill system, Brian Wilson and uh, Robble. I think that's how you say, her, say the name. Um, it isn't like anything else. Of this isn't super remarkable. Like there's nice, there's some nice singer songwriter moments or moments where she's talking about would she be better if she had a dad on father daughter dance, but like nothing that really super sticks out to me. Yeah. I liked, I mean, I liked like, I like her ambition. Yeah. I really do. Like, and I don't think that an album that's so energetic that it makes me feel like exhausted is a bad thing. It's not always, but it's also, it's a sign of how long this thing is too. Yeah. I, I guess like the closest thing that I could compare it to would be. Charlie XCX from last year because I don't think that this fits into like a normal pop album. Like this is no like Justin Bieber or whatever. But this isn't. I don't think it necessarily like reaches the heights of Charlie. But I I still admire like the ambition of her trying to go completely down like different routes. But I also think that it is like kind of cringy. The potato song. Yeah. I want to cringy, uh, kinky featuring herself like. I, sometimes I feel like I'm stuck back in like whenever that song came out, like 2011. Yeah, 2010. 2010. Probably. I mean, I feel like I'm stuck back in those times, like hearing TikTok and like the culture that revolved around like TikTok and the weird LOL random internet culture. Yes. 
I feel like sometimes I get like stuck there, which is weird. <laughs> but then other times I feel like I'm being blasted into like next level like pop music with like Raising Hell with Big Frida, or I like these like country inspired tracks like with Sturgill Simpson Resentment or Cowboy Blues. Like I think that they're they're interesting, but man, there's like no consistency across <laughs> this album besides the ambition and energy of Kesha herself. Yeah. I, I don't have anything else to say. Keep in mind those scores are futile and meaningless. Like, it's hard for me to come up with a rating for this, but if I had to do it on, Just like... give it a word, that's what I would do. I, don't, I, I think words are cop-out sometimes. I think sometimes it's more about... Because if I had to give a word, it'd be non-apical. But, like, non-apicals are sometimes just things for things that I'm completely unempathetic to, um, where I feel like nothing for it. Uh, this is... This is, like, a five... I think even then that's kind of low because the ambition is so high. But at the end of the day, it's it's five. Uh, it's five. Uh, it, it's a five, not figuratively. It, it's physically a five, but the ambition of it is a ten. That's what I'm giving it. So it evens out. Yeah. It's seven and a half. <laughs> Maybe. I'm just going to give it two different scores. Okay. Because <laughs> I think that's easier. Okay, because it's it's like it's one of those things where it's like is individual parts are greater than the whole, but not in like a weird way where me and Jonathan talked about HMLTD where the tracks on their own are individually good. It's more about the ambition coursing throughout it. Yeah, then so the whole is greater than the parts is what you're saying. Yeah, the whole is like the ambition. Okay, the I'm part gonna, of the ambition. I'm going to say that then. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I have anything else to say. This was a hard review because it's more just like I don't, I didn't really care for it, but also I respect it. This puts you in a tough place to explain how you yeah. got in this cross crossroads. But uh, that's it for this week's episode of Anthony Tajo. If you want to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you can find us on YouTube. Uh, you can find us at uh, if you want to find us, uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you can find us at Anthony Todd. If you want to find us on YouTube, you can find us at YouTube.com forward slash the Anthony Touch Show. Patreon.com forward slash the Anthony Touch Show if you want to find uh, support us monetarily. And Podbeam, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean. Uh, search the Anthony Touch Show on your favorite Google, uh, favorite uh, podcast streaming service. And uh, anything else? No. Are you are you ready to get in some anti-vaxxing next week? Oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, I've been ready. Album of the year. Album of the year? So far. Anti-vax of the year? <laughs> yes, 100%. We're talking about Royce to 5'9", by the way. I just discovered he's an anti-vaxxer. I, I think that's one of the strangest things, because I was really excited, but now I'm not. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'm, I want to see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, until next time, guys, I'm Vincent. I'm Trevor. And see you, boys. Bye, everybody. <laughs>